sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Welcome to Opposite Picks on this uh, Monday, March 15th morning. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well, right here on an opposite picks Monday, right on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius X Channel Two, uh, Sirius XM Channel Two Oh Four, uh, Number Nine, Number Nine. How's OKC in there? Uh, will Gonzaga blow it this season? How did Lee West would blow it again? Blowing in the breeze, one big hill to climb. Who's in? Who's out? And who got screwed? Lines are out. Mister Vegas's opposite picks Final Four are out, and then, of course, opposite picks. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Monday, March 15th. What's up, LLs? How you doing on this uh, beautiful Monday morning? The selection committee did its job, and now it's our job to dissect and tell them where they screwed up. And, oh, did they screw up? Well, listen, screw up is, is, a, is a figurative word. Uh, screw up means you generally made a mistake by accident. Uh, not necessarily on purpose uh, because they made some mistakes, and I don't know if it was uh, by accident or not. Several things from the NCAA uh, field of 68 that, that we're going to get into uh, over the next two hours. We do have some uh, NBA stuff. We got some hockey stuff. We got some football stuff as well. But uh, for the most part, it's going to be a college basketball Monday. That is for sure. And uh, even the NIT announced its field yesterday. Which I'm a little surprised there. You know, I think I'm more upset about teams not even making the NIT than I am teams not making the NCAA tournament. It's funny. When everything is said and done, I, I damn near hit a bullseye and everything. Of course, I'm not going to write a book about it. Um, but I told you, it's it's not that difficult. They did get a couple wrong. One was by my mistake. I should have looked at the RPI uh, versus just going on face value of how well they played. But uh, it, it really, I, I don't think there was a major, major surprise. I will tell you, I told you so about Louisville. I, I, I told you they weren't getting in. We'll play the conspiracy game. There's a number of conspiracies. That if you want to play that game, which I do, I love it. You know, it is what it is. It's part of my DNA. You know, I, I got to look for ulterior motives and reasons why things are being done. And, and there are a couple out there for sure. I told you about Syracuse getting in. Uh, you know, I did really. I, I didn't think they were on the bubble. All these so-called bracketologists, you figure out who I'm talking about, uh, all said, oh, they got to wait, they got to sweat it out. And I'm like, no, they don't. And Syracuse is in. What, are you kidding me? When, with their resume, no freaking way are they having to worry. And, and lo and behold, they were in. They were easily in. They're not in a play-in game. 
We do have some interesting play-in games. I do have a question about the play-in games that I've not been able to figure out why those teams are playing who they're playing. So, a lot to get to over the next uh, two hours. Hopefully, we'll have a chance to squeeze in some phone calls. Probably hour number two. Probably not hour number one, but uh, 844-843-6879. I do like to hear from you guys every once in a while. Uh, got the poll question out as well, all pertaining to the NCAA tournament. A very easy question. You know, which region do you think is going to produce the winner? So, we get set for a big uh, college uh, four weeks here. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Just getting underway. Going to get into the college basketball stuff. And like I said, couple of NBA notes, a couple of hockey notes, but for the most part, uh, college basketball today. First and foremost, you know, what, what's your initial reaction from the brackets? Well, the initial overall number one theme, again, it's not so much who got in and who, who did not. I'm a, a little surprised about a couple of teams, but uh, 68 teams, if you're not one of 68, then you're really not deserving. It is what it is. But, boy, they just paved the way for Gonzaga. I mean, you might as well stick them in the Final Four, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't know why they had to bend over backwards so much for, for Mark Few and his Zaga team. Uh, nothing against them, but my goodness. You just, just put them in the Final Four. Hey, go ahead. What's the difference? Their bracket is by far, and I'll outline this as we go along here, by far. Not even really close. It's by far the easiest region that the teams were put together, you know, at a wall up. They already played the number two seed, Iowa, beat them by double digits. They already played the number three seed, Kansas, beat them by double digits. And they already played the number four seed, Virginia, beat them by double digits. So they get the three toughest teams that theoretically a number one seed should face heading into the final four, and or at least possibly face heading into the final four, and they played all three of them already. And they beat them. Now, I'm not going to hold that necessarily against Gonzaga, but if you're in the selection committee, I mean, you, you can't pave it any easier. You know, did they give them Alabama? No, another number two seed. Did they give them Ohio State? No, another number two seed. Did they give them Houston? Even no, another number two seed. I mean, they gave them three teams, the three hardest teams that, uh, again, Zaga is expected to play somewhere along the line, one of those three and maybe two of the three, and they've already played them this year, and they've already showed that they can handle them with ease. I mean, and then you throw on top of the RPI and the net, and I will tell you, it, it is by far, by far the easiest way to get to the Final Four. I mean, unless you're just trying to be different, and I get that, when you fill out your bracket, I mean, it's it's tough to make a case for any of these teams getting to the Final Four in that region, aside from Gonzaga. I, I, you know, again, unless you want to be different, and, and you know, I get that, and I'm okay with that. But realistically, very difficult. Unless you buy into the theory that the Zags are going to choke as they do every single year. So, just getting underway. Hour number one, opposite picks on a Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. How the fans, uh, uh, how our guys played with those fans, how much fun they had with those fans. And, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's one of the advantages of being a one seed. We're close. And uh, there's no doubt, you know, it, it does it ultimately determine a game? No, we got to go do our part. But um, it is really cool to, to, to see all that orange and getting on the bus and see all the 
all the attention in the crowds um, was fabulous. Was fabulous, and there's no doubt it's impactful. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. That's Illinois head coach Brad Underwood talking about winning the Big Ten Championship yesterday over Ohio State, so they get a number one seed. Probably, I don't know, maybe they would have given it to Ohio State uh, had uh, the Buckeyes won. Uh, Don't know, but Illinois gets a number one. Zaga gets a number one. Michigan gets a number one. And then uh, Baylor gets uh, a number one. So no real surprises there. Although I will tell you, I thought Alabama deserved a number one. You know, I, I thought the, with them winning the SEC championship, there are a couple of things uh, that really stood out uh, with the brackets and, and everything else. But I thought with Illinois beating Ohio State, that secured them the number one. But I thought with Michigan losing in the semifinals, I thought that was going to open the door for Alabama. But but they loved they, they just loved the Big Ten. Uh, here's the here are the main thoughts. Again, uh, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. They, they loved uh, Gonzaga. Just no two ways about it. You, you could not have, you know, it's almost like this year's Gonzaga with the Dookie Pukies not making it. Uh, they had to anoint someone that they were going to take care of, like they take care of Duke every single year. So this year they said, all right, we're going to take care of the Zags, giving them the easiest bracket by far. They loved the Big Ten. No two ways about it. Uh, they got uh, four teams in the top seven. Four. Now, listen, I've been watching college basketball for a long, long time. And I remember the old Big East days, you know, Villanova, Georgetown, Syracuse, you know, St. John's in its heyday, heyday with Chris uh, Mullins. I, I never remember them getting four teams in the top seven. That That's ridiculous. There, there's no way in the world four of the top seven teams in the nation are from one conference. No way. But that's how they have them set it out. And then they have Purdue uh, ranked 14th. So they have five teams from one conference in the top 14. And that's why, um, you know, Illinois, yes, but that's why Michigan got the other number one seed, not Alabama, despite Alabama winning the regular season and postseason championship for the SEC. Number two, in that same vein, Iowa being a number two seed is ridiculous. I don't know what this love is for for Iowa basketball. You know, they got a non-conference win uh, over North Carolina. Okay, they got blown out by Gonzaga. And then they've just, you know, held their own. They've won some. They've lost some in, in the Big Ten, as most of these teams have done. Again, it's just another reassurance and reaffirmation of the fact that they just loved, I mean just loved, the Big Ten. To make Iowa number two seed, uh, when they didn't even get to the championship game, I, I mean, again, you know, they, they think every great team, it reminds me of the old ACC days, you know, when they used to think the ACC ruled basketball, and they still kind of think it does, but clearly it doesn't. Uh, I thought that that was the, the worst seeding out of all of them, Iowa being a number two. East region, brutally tough. Really, boy, you talk about a tough region. You want to laugh at the West, okay, I and I am. But on the uh, other end of the spectrum, Michigan, great, t- great team. Alabama, great team. Those are two teams that I had going to the Final Four, which now obviously I can't. i got to pick one. Uh, Big 12 champ, Texas, very good team, obviously. LSU, very good team. Florida State wins the ACC regular season championship, very good team. 
BYU, which beat the crap out of everybody except for Gonzaga, very good team despite the uh, you know the four-letter network discrediting them. Georgetown, Cinderella team. You even have a Cinderella team thrown in there in Georgetown. I mean, it is just one UConn, which, uh, you know, uh, with the book night kid playing, they are a much, 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 much better team with him in there than without. He's healthy now. That's a team that's undervalued as a number seven seed. I mean, you got five or six teams that I would not blink if you told me they got to the final four. But the East is just absolutely loaded, just absolutely loaded. Uh I was wondering about these seeded playing games. Again, another little conspiracy that we'll get to in our litany of things here. Michigan State is playing UCLA. If you're not familiar how it works, the first the, the play-in games are the last four teams that get at-large bids, and then the last four teams that get their automatic bids, ranking-wise. So... The the last four at-large bid teams were Wichita State, Drake, Michigan State, UCLA. They ranked all the conference automatic winners, and the worst four in the uh, selection committee's eyes, Norfolk State, Appalachian State, Mount St. Mary's, and Texas Southern. So those teams play off against each other. They play each other. They don't go side to side, meaning that the worst of the last conference winners play each other. They don't play the at-large teams. So Norfolk State's going to take Appalachian State, and it's going to go into the 16-hole. Mount St. Mary's is going to play Texas Southern, and they're going to go into another 16 spot. On the other side, the at-large teams, it's going to be Wichita State versus Drake. The winner there goes into the number 11 hole, and then Michigan State takes on UCLA. The winner there goes into the number 11 hole because that's the lowest uh, number that you can have as far as the at-large bids are concerned. Here's my question. According to the official, not just me, the official NCAA selection committee rankings, not that big a deal, but they had Michigan State ranked 43rd, UCLA 44th, Wichita State ranked 45th, and then Drake ranked 48th. Michigan State at 43 is playing UCLA at 44. So what? Well, it just seems to me that if Michigan State is 43, shouldn't they be playing the worst of those teams? 48th ranked Drake, and then 44 would play 45? Don't they kind of seed these play-in games? I guess not. Uh, And because of that, we are left with a nice Michigan State-UCLA play-in game, which is obviously a lot better than Michigan State versus Drake and UCLA versus Wichita State. I don't know if either one of those two games really would bring anybody to the table, but a Michigan State-UCLA game, you know, would bring some fannies to the table, I would think. And the fact that Michigan State was uh, the fourth to the last team to get a bid, according to the rankings, is really amazing. I mean, as much as I just got through saying how they love, 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 love the Big Ten, they certainly didn't do any favors to Michigan State having to play this extra game. And they're playing a pretty good team at UCLA, obviously. Uh, the Bruins did lose their last four down the stretch, but overall, they're they're a good team. So, you know, if I'm Michigan State, I'm saying, oh, wait a minute, I, I could have played playing Drake, which is playing without, the, you know, one of their better players, and they come from the Missouri Valley. Instead, I get to play packed, uh, you know, 12 UCLA, even though UCLA is ranked higher than Drake. 
I don't know. I don't know what the thinking is with the playing games with that, but I would have thought they would have seated them, but not to be. But you're given a, a pretty good playing game. And the chairperson yesterday, I was watching. I'm not sure which channel it was on. I, honestly, it was the Four Letter Network or CBS. I was flipping through, watching both uh, throughout the uh, the evening time, and he kind of joked about it. But I'm sure once he got off the air, he probably said, whoa, what the fudge? What did I just say? What am I, a dope? They asked him about that game um, and said, you know, Michigan State versus UCLA. We, you know, we didn't expect that as a play-in game. You tell me those are two of the uh, last ones to get, you know, at-large bids? And he's like, yeah, yeah, not a bad way to open up the tournament, huh? And then he corrected himself and said, well, but no, no, seriously, though, you know, and then he started going into his rhetoric. No, I, th- I think uh, I think that selection committee showed it was human by that comment, uh, which will lead us to our next, you know, uh, conversation about some of the conspiracies. But that that, you know, the fact that they can open up this NCAA tournament with two powerhouses like uh, UCLA and Michigan State reputation wise and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, the committee chairman, uh, Barnhart, out of, U- or out of North Carolina, so made that pretty evident. He let one slip. He did. All right, more coming up. Opposite picks on this Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I know that's our mindset with the NCAA tournament. I mean, we're not talking undefeated. We're talking just win in advance, win in advance, win in advance, and, and keep doing what we've been doing all year. But but I do think it was important, and I took the time after the BYU game to to tell the guys and just congratulate them and, and acknowledge what an incredible feat is to be able to, to go undefeated. And when you look at those teams that have went into the NCAA tournament, you know, undefeated, I mean, that's quite a group. And and in, in my estimation, it's an honor to be associated with all those teams. And, and uh, but we're just from henceforth, we're just moving out and trying to win the next one. That's, that's uh, excuse me, I was going to say Illinois. That's Gonzaga head coach Mark Few. Talking about the uh, you know the fact that this team has basically failed every single year. They didn't get the one finals, but the, the, they've been known for choking. Uh, this may who knows maybe in the Corona situation, uh, everything else is topsy turvy. Then why not the NCAA tournament? Maybe you know in a, in a crazy year that we've been dealing with, that this is the year that they actually win. You know, Tampa Bay gets to the World Series in baseball. Who would have thunk that, right? So uh, you know, a forty-nine thousand-year-old quarterback wins the Super Bowl. Who would have thought that? Maybe more people. Would would have thought that, but you never know. Uh, the Lakers might not get to the NBA Finals uh, if they don't have Anthony Davis. You know, maybe the Utah Jazz will, although they've come back to the pack for sure. Uh, Scott Wetzel, listen again, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. A lot to get to here. Let's throw out the poll question, and that is simply put, uh, which region uh, will produce the national champion? East uh, with uh, Michigan, West with Gonzaga, uh, South with Baylor, or uh, the Midwest with uh, Illinois? Go to your opposite picks feed get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple times uh before we are through a um, couple other things there just to prove my point about gonzaga i i'll i'll spare you all the exact numbers you're gonna have to uh trust me on this when i tell you that rpi wise 
Well, we'll start with the net. Because right? I think the selection committee uses the net. What is the net? Who knows? It, it's a compilation of all these goofy stats. It's it's kind of like go, you know, batting at or uh, OPS in, in baseball. Who the, who the fudge knows what that really is, right? So better to have a lower net than a higher net. Um, if you're a team, if you're in a bracket, you want a higher net composite of all your other teams because that means those teams aren't as good. The... Midwest has a total net, if you add up all their teams, 847. The South has a net of 700. The East, which is the T, the conference I think is just brutal, right? The, the bracket, rather, uh, region, 574. Now, they do have to add two more teams to that because that doesn't include the play-in games. And there's two play-in games, Michigan State-UCLA and then uh, Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Uh, Mount St. Mary's-Texas Southern, both right around 120. Uh, and then Michigan State and UCLA are uh, 70 and 46. So you can add on, you know, probably another 150 or so, 60, 100, about 170, which would put them at about 740. The net for, so we got 847, 740 or so for the East, 700 for the South. The net for the West, which is Gonzaga, 840. Well, that's not that bad, Scott. You know, Midwest, you said it was 847. That's not including two other teams. They also have two teams playing games. So their net is 840, plus you still have to add on the the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State, which is, which is at 169 and 210, and uh, Wichita State and Drake, which is at uh, 72 and 45. So you're going to add on at least another 200 points, if you will, on top of that. So you're looking at a net in the West of well over 1,000. A thousand RPI. What about RPIs, guys? Nobody knows what the net is. You just said so. I figured this out. I got way too much time on my hand. RPI East five hundred and seventy-one plus those two teams. Remember, South seven hundred and eighty-seven, Midwest seven hundred and twenty. RPI for the West Gonzaga. 595, plus they have to add on two more teams. So you're looking at about, uh, you know, an 850 or so RPI. Again, by far the easiest. It's amazing. So you throw those numbers at you, and you throw in the fact that they've already beaten the number two, the number three, and the number four seed in their region. It's just, you, like I said, you couldn't have made it. You couldn't have made it any more easier for Gonzaga. They have the easiest by far region based on RPI and net. <clears throat> and they've also beaten the number two, number three, and number four seed in their regions. The you know, supposed toughest competition by double digits. This is pencil men. You know, pencil pencil men to the final four, the NCAA should have just said, you know what, we're not gonna have a bracket. You know what, those 16 teams, sorry guys, you know what? We were gonna put you in the, in the bracket with uh, Gonzaga, but uh what's the point? We love Mark Few for some reason. We're gonna we're gonna give him an easy road. We don't have Duke this year to take care of, so we're gonna take care of Gonzaga. Wow, what a farce. What a farce. I mean, that, that's just amazing. 
You know, and I like to give you some facts with my rants. When you add up those nets and those RPIs, it's indefensible. You can sit there and say all you want. Well, Scott, you don't know. This team's pretty good. This team's pretty good. You know, maybe. And they're all capable of winning. And I happen to think they have a pretty tough second-round matchup, to tell you the truth. You know, they take time to the winner of Oklahoma-Missouri. I don't think the committee did any favors. Uh, I, I, I tell you, their, their second-round matchup is probably tougher than their third-round matchup or their fourth-round matchup. I think if they're going to stumble anywhere, it would be against the, the winner of that game. I think both those teams uh, can maybe give Gonzaga a run. But <clears throat> you can't argue RPI and net. I mean, it's as it's plain as day. I mean, it, it's hundreds more than the other regions. Amazing. Here's the other little thing that people don't want to bring up. <clears throat> and it's amazing how many interviews I saw yesterday with Mark Few. And no one brought it up. No one really said, like, gee, you think you got an easy region there, coach? You know, you get to play teams that you've already beaten before, and then, uh, you know, the RPI and net are so much lower or, or higher, actually, than uh, everyone else's. Of course not. How about the fact that Oklahoma State is in the tournament? What do you mean by that? Well, in case you've forgotten, Oklahoma State got a postseason ban by the NCAA. I know it's happened so long ago that we've all kind of forgotten about it, and we've all kind of bought into this Kate Cunningham, the number one overall draft choice, which she probably will be. But they were banned as part of that FBI investigation. They put it in an appeal nine months ago. Nine months ago. And the NCAA still has not responded. And because of that, Oklahoma State, with Kate Cunningham, gets to be in the NCAA tournament. Takes them nine months. Nine months to hear an appeal. Wow. Okay. You want to tell me that's on the up and up? Okie dokie. If you uh, if you told if you say so. How about uh, no Louisville? I told you, got good battles about this one over the last uh, week or so. I, I told you starting mid the last week, Louisville was not making it. Why? You want to tell me it's because they're quad? They're one and six. You know what? I'll tell you, baloney. Uh, I know why they didn't make it. One, they were part of that FBI investigation. Two, I'll give you one guess who the chairman of the selection committee was. You want to play uh, conspiracy? Mitch Barnhart. He's an AD. Yeah, from where? Oh, an SEC school. Well, what's that got to do with Louisville then? How about the AD of biggest rival that they have? Kentucky. The chairman of the selection committee is the AD at Kentucky, which obviously is not going to the NCAA tournament this year, and I'm sure would like nothing more than to keep Louisville out of the NCAA tournament as well. How about that? Coincidence? I'll let you decide. Although Louisville was 1-6 and six, uh, with quad one uh, teams, so they weren't that good. I didn't think they belonged, and I knew you got to get the benefit of the doubt. And if you don't have the benefit of the doubt, if you don't have, okay, why not? You're a good story, this, that, what have you. If they have an ax to grind, do they really want to promote Louisville as part of that FBI investigation? I don't think so. Nope. Duke didn't get in. Uh, by the way, part of the selection committee, North Carolina AD, Lawrence Cunningham. Coincidence? You make the call. Drake gets in. Drake. Stinking Drake. Most people don't even know where Drake is. You tell Drake the people, they think cupcakes, for goodness sakes. 
They got an at-large bid. Oh, by the way, Bradley AD, part of the selection committee. Same conference, Missouri Valley. Coincidence? You make the call. To be fair, though, Colorado State did not get in. And the Mountain West chairman, Craig Thompson, is part of the selection committee as well. So maybe it is coincidence. I'll just throw it out there again. You make the calls. Your number one seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan. Uh, Your number two seeds, in order, Iowa, Ohio State, Houston, Alabama. So they match up Alabama and Michigan because they're ranked four and five, uh, or or four and and, and, uh, eight. So they give the lowest number one seed the toughest number two seed. And it goes down the line like that. They've always done that. So that's why, you know, in their eyes, uh, Michigan and Alabama – it really doesn't matter that you know Alabama's not a number one because it's in the same region as Michigan. But in the first round matchup, I'm sure you know that that's when uh, Alabama got screwed as they have to take out a pretty good Iona team. Yeah, Iona got you want to talk about seedings getting screwed? Iona that uh, you know getting so low as a 15 seed, I thought was was wrong. So all right, just getting underway. Hour number one, opposite picks on a Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I got to get all the cough traps and the, the teas with the honey in them and stuff. It, uh, I was just talking to my Adam Bowman, my ops guy, and Hodgson, who was with me at Buffalo. You know, we get to this third day up there it's voices shot i'm exhausted i really just want to take a nap but you uh at least in the mac you had the championship saturday night you can kind of relax for one night there's really no relaxing here you we get our match up here in about two hours i could go back pack my room up that's a disaster because all i've been doing is watching video and pack up my room and uh get the bus loaded get our match up load up the video on my computer and watch some video on the way up to indy so i guess we uh will sleep get some rest after the uh, ncaa tournament's over but yeah I, i'm Pretty exhausting. Voice is shot, but we, we'll get the voice back before uh, next week, and that's, that's for sure. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Something to consider there, and that's Nate Oates, head coach of Alabama. That's the head coach. Now, maybe you can make the case the head coach and the coaching staff goes through more than what the players actually go through. But what I would tell you is if, if the head coach is zonked, can you imagine the players emotionally? That's why these postseason tournaments, they're a waste of time. They really are. It's uh, you know it's, its a moneymaker. That's all it is. And I get it. you got to pay the bills. But uh, otherwise, what did the Alabama really accomplish? They're not even a number one seed despite winning the postseason and the regular season championship in the SEC. All right, let's check my scoreboard before we get to the real nitty-gritty, which is what we're all about. The lines are out. Uh, And I am real curious to see some of the props that FanDuel will put up, no doubt, over the next couple of days. But first up, let me pat myself on the back here a little bit. Uh, 37 at-large bids. Uh, Big 12, I told you they'd get uh, seven total bids. uh, Hit a bullseye. Big 10, I told you they'd get nine bids. Hit a bullseye. Uh, SEC, I was off by one. I thought Mississippi would get in. They did not. So they only got six bids. I thought they'd get seven. Uh, West Coast Conference, uh, Bullseye with Zaga and BYU. Big East, Bullseye, I told you only four. Georgetown, Creighton, Nova, UConn, I told you Seton Hall, Xavier, and St. John's out. 
Uh, Pac-12 bullseye. I gave you five. It's when Oregon State won uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Um, I told you they would get five. I, I still thought UCLA was going to get in. Hit a bullseye with that. ACC, I told you seven. I told you Syracuse was getting in. I told you Louisville would not. Hit a bullseye with that. Uh, AAC with Houston and Wichita State. Hit a bullseye with that. Missouri Valley, Loyola and Drake. I, I told you both would get in. Hit a bullseye with that. Uh, A-10, I was off. I was wrong, and this is the one where, uh, don't be me. This is the one I didn't do enough research. Uh, I didn't think VCU or St. Bodies, whoever lost yesterday's championship game, would get in. I kind of forgot about them because their postseason was a week ago, but they delayed their championship game until yesterday. So it was kind of like a... Ah, it was bad on my part. I always screw up somewhere along the line. I should have realized that uh, the loser was going to get in because both had a pretty good RPI. I have it here. St. Bonaventure's RPI was 12. So they were getting in. VCU's RPI was 19. Uh, there's, there's never been someone with an RPI that high to not get a, a bid. So that, that was stupid. My fault on that one. I should have had that one. Uh, I was off on Colorado State, and that's the one out of all of them that uh, I'm surprised with. Um, you know, them and an old Miss, but I thought Colorado State was going to get in. If you watch them play San Diego State, Utah State, Colorado State, Boise State to a, lecture, a lesser extent, but they all beat the crap out of each other. Uh, Utah State did beat San Diego State twice, uh, but Colorado State beat San Diego State once. They beat Utah State once. So they, it was like a round robin when you added them all up. Uh, they were three and three, all the teams against each other. So I thought if they were going to put one in, they'd have to put you know two in with Colorado State and Utah State, and they didn't. Utah State did beat them in the uh, the postseason tournament, but again, you know, if you look at the entire regular season, it was an even split. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they had a good year. <clears throat> I thought they would get in. I thought they would give the Mountain West a little bit more respect, but they did not. Uh, and I knew that they had a selection committee chairman as part of the committee, so I really thought their commissioner would be like, come on, well, I'm not asking for four or five here. I'm just asking for three. Uh, but no, there was there was no love to the Mountain West, so that that's the one I absolutely was off. I really was off on on three, but I'm going to say two. I was wrong on Ole Miss, and I was wrong on Colorado State. Uh, but I was uh, I was right on a few of the others, so not bad, uh, not bad. My last three out was uh, VCU, Belmont, and then Louisville. My last three in, I was right about Rutgers. I told you they were going to get in. Um, Wrong on Colorado State and wrong on Ole Miss. So uh, I got all but three of the teams. Uh, not not too shabby. And I tell you, you know, nothing for nothing. But I, I feel for Belmont. I, I really do. Not only did Belmont not make, and I know no one's going to lose any sleep over this, but I, you know, they throw it out there. I like these little schools, right? You root for these little schools. That's what the tournament's all about. The Cinderella teams. Not only didn't Belmont make the NCAA tournament, they didn't make the NIT tournament either. And that's with Louisville, Xavier, Duke, Seton Hall, and St. John's telling the NIT, thanks, but no thanks, we're not interested. And they still didn't make the NIT tournament. This is a team that tied Gonzaga for most wins in the nation at 26-4. and 26-4? and four. What does a team have to do to get any respect whatsoever? They come out of the Ohio Valley. And they didn't win their championship game. They lost to Moorhead State. 
At least it was the championship game, though. It's not like they lost in the first round. And they can't even – the NCAA basically said, you're not even one of – forget about the top 68 in the NCAA. You're not even, you know, top 16 teams in the NIT this year. Throw in uh, five more that uh, opted out and said they, didn't, they weren't interested in playing. I mean, they're not even in the top 80. I, I mean, it's just like, what does the team have to do? Poor Belmont. Poor Belmont. You know, St. Louis, Colorado State, Ole Miss probably are the three teams, uh, you know, along with Belmont, that that can bitch the most. I get, though, Belmont, they didn't beat anybody. You know, what are you going to do? You know, but St. Louis has a couple of quad one victories. Colorado State, uh, that's really, you know, them to be an Ole Miss. You know, Colorado State's two and four in quad games. You know, they got a net of 51. Um, you know, Ken Palm rating, whatever that is, 64. So I'm guessing the uh, – I, I got it here somewhere in my notes. Uh, their RPI is right along the same way. Colorado, 18-6 and six overall. Ole Miss out of the SEC is a little surprising because, you know, that conference was it was third RPI-wise. Uh, three and five. So they got three, you know, quad one wins as well. They won eight of their last 11. They beat Tennessee, but uh, they didn't get the benefit of the doubt. And no dookie pukies. Which I'm, um, I'm surprised in that. Well, for two reasons: one, it's Duke, and two, when they came back this weekend and said, "Okay, we changed our mind. We do want into the NCAA tournament if we're picked." I figured that was the North Carolina AD calling up the Dukey AD, and no doubt they're friends; they can be rivals, but no doubt, you know. And say, listen, you know what? There's a pretty good chance you guys are going to get a bid. You sure you don't want to be part of this thing? Because, you know, it's the ACC, oh, by the way. You know, it's one more, you know, paycheck in our conference's, uh, you know, coffers here. Are, are you sure? Because, uh, you know, I might be able to get you in. That's what I thought occurred. And then Duke said, well, really? Okay. Then, you know what? Then, sure. We'll, we'll get it. We'll take a bid. So I thought for sure they would get one because of that. You know, their net is a respectable 49. Ken Palm is 33. They got some quad one wins, and it's Duke. I'm surprised. I I am surprised that they did not uh, get a bid. So because of all those factors thrown in. So in the end, Big Ten got nine teams. Big 12 and ACC got seven. SEC got six. I tell you the love affair of the ACC. A- A- ACC was like the seventh ranked RPI conference, and he still got seven teams. What a joke! SEC got six teams. Pac uh, twelve got five teams. Big East only got four. What a Big East have come back to earth, huh? And then the uh, AAC, the A ten, Missouri Valley Mountain West, and uh, West Coast Conference got two apiece, and then everyone else got one. So that's your uh, your breakdown. Last four in. For you know, this is right for the selection committee by their rankings: Michigan State, UCLA, Wichita State, and Drake. Drake was the very, very last one that got an at-large bid. First four out: Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss. So if a team drops out, and they only have until Tuesday, which is a little weird, uh, Louisville would get first crack at it. So if, if a team drops out, Louisville would take over. And, and yes, I've answered this question a few times on Twitter. Let's just say worst case, craziest case scenario. Gonzaga, right? Number one seed in the whole tournament. Gonzaga has to drop out. Louisville takes over. Yes, Louisville does get that number one seed. They go into the slot of the team that dropped out. They don't bump everybody else up. 
uh, because they think that would be a punishment. And I get it to all the teams that are now doing research and watching films, you know, as, as uh, you know, they're all prepared for their matchup. If you all of a sudden last moment, you know, said, no, you're not playing, the, uh, you know, Virginia, you're playing Louisville. I mean, you know, that, that would be tough. So, yeah, I mean, theoretically, a team can go from not even being in the tournament to a number one seed. But that, like I said, what are you going to do? You got to tell all these teams last second. Oh, by the way, you got the, you know, you got a, a day to prepare for a club when you've been preparing the last four days for for a team. You can't do it. I'm okay with that. What is a little weird though is once the play-in game start Tuesday, then if another team drops out, it's a forfeit. Even though that team hasn't played, once the tournament gets underway. It becomes a forfeit. There's no more replacements, which is why I, I would be very, 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 very surprised if a team dropped out by Tuesday. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one day. It's it's today and, and tomorrow afternoon. So I I, I don't think it's happening. Uh, might, but I don't think it's happening. What does, it just doesn't make sense to me though that you know these playing games. You know that they want to tell you it's the tournament. I get it. It, it is, but if you know. Wichita State and, and uh, Drake play on Tuesday, and then on uh, you know Wednesday Texas Tech drops out. You know why can't the team just you know why can't Louisville in this case just take over for Texas Tech? It's got no bearing whatsoever. It's not even in the same bracket, for goodness sakes, as those other teams. But uh, the NCAA says no. Once those playing games start, that's it. No more replacing teams. It's then an automatic forfeit. So. Um, keep in mind of that. As far as the lines, yeah, all right, now we got all the nitty-gritty out of the way. You know, a good minutia, but uh, it's all about making some shekels. Lines are out for the play-in games. We got Mount St. Mary's as a two-point underdog, Texas Southern laying two, over under 132 and a half. I'm going to do some research on that one. Um, this is a very interesting one. I'll hold off on that one. Uh, we got the uh, Appalachian State laying three against Norfolk State, 135 and a half. We're going to have to do some research on those teams. Michigan State's a point and a half favorite over UCLA, 136 and a half. I'm telling you right now, you mark it down, that line's going to go up. Uh, if you like Michigan State, hop on the computer right now because I, I bet you that's up to at least two and a half by game time. At least two and a half. The strange one to me is Wichita State laying two against Drake. That's okay. But their over-under is 139-and-a-half. Wow, that's a big number for a Drake game. Wichita State, you know, they could play low-scoring games as well. Drake likes to play games in the 50s, maybe 60s. 139-and-a-half for a Drake game? Wow. That that seems too good to be true. That's one of their highest totals they've had all year. Uh, we've got to do some research on that one to see what's up with that. All right, we'll close that hour number one next. I'm Fix Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, closing out hour number one. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. Yeah, I looked it up, and in 29 games, Drake's only had seven games of more than 139 and a half. Uh, and, and oddly enough, it's funny how the boys in Vegas uh, can work this stuff out. In those seven games, they're three, three, and one with the over-under. Three overs, three unders, and one push. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> it's just amazing sometimes how they just get this thing so, right so often. But only, yeah, only seven though out of or only, yeah, only seven out of uh, out of twenty nine games. That boy, that's a high number. You know, uh, you know they play in the Missouri Valley, so I guess it's because they could shut teams down. They're thinking Wichita State's a little bit better, but uh, on the surface, I would say go under on that one. But we're gonna, you know, we got a couple of days to kind of go over these things. First round uh, lines are out as well. We'll take a look at those next hour. Some interesting ones. You get the NIT stuff is, is out as, as well. Uh, some halfway decent matchups. How about Liberty? You know, for for uh, you know a, a little school that uh, on the sports spectrum was a, was an absolute nobody. You know, just a couple of years ago, Liberty football team this year doing a real good job making their mark, and then uh, Liberty basketball as well. Who would have thought Liberty? You know, uh, would be the like the kingpins of college sports with uh, college football and now college basketball. They take on Oklahoma State, getting into the NCAA tournament. You know, the 8-9 matchups are always interesting to look at. Uh, I, I like really two of them stand out. I like that Oklahoma-Missouri one, and then it's hard not to like North Carolina and Wisconsin as a, an 8-9 matchup in the South uh, with the winner getting probably Baylor. Uh, so Baylor's run to the Final Four, not that difficult. Uh, at least not with Villanova not being any good this year. Or at least, you know, not with the, without Gillespie there. That, that's for sure. So we'll break it all down. We'll take a look at some of the lines for the uh, opening round games, uh, which are this weekend, Friday. So, well, that's coming up. Hour number two, Scott Wetzel, Sirius XM, Channel 204, Sports Grid Radio, on this Monday morning, March 15th. Opposite picks next hour as well. 